and welcome to Samwise, part of the ATH Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam, and I believe that any and all questions in life can be answered by watching the Lord of the Rings Extended Editions and their special features. Each week, I'll use these life-changing, affirming, and magical movies and the wisdom contained within to answer your questions. Let's begin. Our first question comes from Pikachu, definitely a real name, in San Diego. I've been married for three years now, and uh, my husband and I have chose not to have kids quite yet, Um, but I'm constantly getting asked uh, by many people, family members, and people that I don't even know when we're planning on having kids. Why? Why does this keep happening? Wow. This is a great question, and one I relate to personally, but that's not what this is about. (laughs) Instead, I think we should look to the Shire and the Hobbits. These little creatures live happy, simple, and ultimately pretty homogenous lives. They're born, they farm and frolic and marry and drink good ale and eat good strawberries, and then they eventually pass on, no questions asked. But then Bilbo goes on his adventure, and he raises his nephew Frodo, and suddenly that wonderful little cultural script is changed. Bilbo goes on adventures, something... Most hobbits never do, and rather than socializing, he often keeps to himself, writing down his memories and and recollections. He's often visited by his wizard friend Gandalf, who is an outsider, that's strange, and he yearns for mountains and elves and the curiosities of a much larger world than what the other hobbits have seen, and way more than they can understand. All this is to say that you, too, are currently deviating from a cultural script, You're young and married and stable and healthy, so you should, according to the common cultural script, be preparing for kids. Now, like Hobbit culture, this isn't good or bad or something you should take personally uh, when people ask you this question, but it is annoying. I get that. So what Bilbo does is that he uses humor and his sarcastic wit to combat his vague sense of annoyance. Um, I'd advise you, kind of based on this, to maybe come up with a couple of clever scripts that jokingly answer people's questions while setting a clear boundary. Um, Things like, I like less than half of children half as well as they deserve. That makes kids kind of risky. Or, I'd rather spend my money on second breakfast, which is generally true for me as well. Um, And listen, I feel you, girl. Good luck. Alright, this next question comes from someone called RP. He asks, if we had never invented indoor plumbing, would we all just take cold showers? And the answer to that, based on watching Lord of the Rings, is no. Everyone in that movie is filthy except for the elves who have the magic to make showers warm so that they're effective. I hope that clears that up for you. The next question came from the Samwise email inbox, that's sam.wise.ath at gmail.com, and it's from someone who wishes to remain anonymous, and they say, Hey Sam, my son just turned four about a month ago, and we are having troubles. After his daycare took him to the zoo, I noticed him acting strange, and he was more protective of his backpack than normal. After he went to bed, I went through it and found four or five toys he clearly stole from the gift shop. We've since had the conversation with him about police and the law, but I was wondering what Lord of the Rings could add to this discussion. Because, you know, find me a four-year-old who learns their lessons the first time. Thanks, dude. For this question, I think we can look to Pippin and the Palantir in Return of the King. 
actually, I think with Pippin, we can go even further back to his intro and the whole series in Fellowship. Um, he and Mary, they're caught stealing fireworks by Gandalf. And later, when they meet Frodo and Sam as they're leaving the Shire, um, they're also thieving uh, from Farmer Maggot's crop. Pippin faces very minor consequences for the first incident. He has to wash some dishes. Um, and the second time he faces none. In fact, he gets dragged along on this very exciting adventure with his three friends. Even though, objectively, I think he knows what he's doing isn't right. Um, his fun, though, his sense of fun and adventure and joy is more important than other people's stuff. Um, and it's and he kind of gets to live in this ignorance um, until he steals a glance from the Palantir. And that moment is painful and it's scary and it triggers a change. Uh, but I don't think it's because necessarily that he saw Sauron. I think it's because Gandalf made the choice to have some really affecting consequences. He... He explains that he put his friends in danger, and he also takes him away from Mary, his fun buddy, his ride or die. And he takes him to the city of Gondor, where he has to see firsthand the consequences of his actions, or rather the consequences of Sauron and, and the danger of communicating with Sauron. And the, the parallel here is that police and the law are, they don't mean much to a four-year-old. They're pretty ephemeral concepts. Police catch bad guys. Taking a couple of toys while wrong probably doesn't feel like something that they would go to jail for because they're a little kid and that doesn't happen to little kids. Um, since he's taking things, I might suggest having him take a few books and donate them to a women's shelter or a children's charity um, do something that actually impacts his sense of fun or his sense of kind of little kid selfishness and forces him to think about others. Four is also pretty young, but I think maybe having to spend a Sunday, Saturday afternoon helping mom and dad in the garden or in the yard instead of playing outside um, might also make an impact or doing some kind of chore. I don't know when he should be outside having fun and playing with his friends. I think that's okay, kind of a, a proactive version of grounding. Because um, Pippin, he wasn't the sort of hobbit to take on responsibility on his own. But once his temptation, that sense of fun with Mary, was removed, he stepped up to the challenge. And I feel like that's true of most little kids. I think we are, and I think most of us remember being fun-loving and unimpeded until we had a homework assignment or a group project or something where the we didn't want other people in our lives to feel bad or that sense of fun was removed and we didn't have that sense of temptation. So we, we grew up. Um, so good luck, Dad. Um, and if any parent friends, I'm obviously not a parent, but if anyone has any other parenting advice, um, feel free to weigh in, sam.wise.ath at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, good luck. All right, this next question comes from Facebook. We had someone respond to a push for the Samwise ad at the After the Hype Facebook page, and their question is, what is the meaning of life? Well, I think that this question was not asked in earnest, but it's a relatively easy one to answer watching the film. You see, Gandalf tells Frodo you have only to decide what to do with the time that is given to you. This is all just to say that you're the one that makes your life meaningful, and it's about the choices that you make. So be proactive. 
Now, as I said, I don't think this question was asked in earnest, and I think that there's another point that we can address. Um, While I would love to assume that um, everyone is on their best behavior in the world and that everyone is acting in good faith, trolls are out there. And that same scene in Moria also deals rather explicitly with, with trolls and what to do. And the solution is, I'm afraid, to band together with your friends and fight them to the death. So... Please keep that in mind. Our final question today came from email. It reads, Samwise, I'm starting my dream job and I'm super excited, but I also have some serious social anxiety. It took quite a while to fit in at my last job. What can I do to connect with my new coworkers? Sincerely, living the dream. First off, living the dream. I'm assuming not your real name, I hope. I don't know. Um, First off, congratulations. That is so awesome. It takes a lot to achieve a dream, so go you. Um, I do, in fact, have answers. For this one, I went to the special features on Fellowship, and it's on the, the second disc of the special features, and the cast discusses how they all came together for this epic undertaking. It was a group that included 19-year-old Orlando Bloom on his first movie out of film school and an 80-something Christopher Lee with over 200 films under his belt. Some knew the books like experts, that would be the wonderful Christopher Lee, and some had never read them at all, but all of them knew how special this project was. This is all to say, I'm guessing that for many of your colleagues, this is also a dream job, and your excitement alone will provide some sense of connection. Um, that's gotta be a little bit reassuring, right? Um, and it's also something that you can take. It's an added layer of comfort and protection that you can kind of use as a buffer to be yourself. Um, that was kind of the common thread of everyone's interviews. They were all boistered, even though they were nervous at how long the shoot was and everything. They were all really boistered by Peter Jackson's own excitement and his passion for this project. Um, and they allowed themselves to be a little bit vulnerable in their joy. They embraced their roles, and in doing so, they became a real-life fellowship. Um, Coming from a place of joy and of passion also allowed them to toss aside some of their preconceived notions and get to know one another. Um, My favorite part, and this was something I didn't even remember from my first go-around, but I kind of caught it this time, is that Ian McKellen, he admits to initially being very skeptical of Christopher Lee, because he was a B-horror movie mainstay, and he'd done like 200 films of... I think he, he put it to get, like, put it as a, a varying degrees of quality. Um, you know, very politely saying, like, this dude's been in some schlock, right? And so he was kind of nervous, or he had some misconceptions, I think, about Christopher Lee when he went to work with him. But Christopher Lee is an expert in Lord of the Rings. He desperately wanted this part. He was so excited. He provided a ton of nuance to the role. He, he brought it. And his dedication and his passion really transformed Ian McKellen's perception of him. And they had a wonderful time working together. It was a really great experience for the both of them. Passion and joy are, they're like magnetic. And I think you conveyed a lot in what you sent me. And, and that was just, you know, over, <laughs> over email. I don't know you. Um, and I think if, if you can take that and own it, you'll, you'll find your people in this place. So, I'm so excited for you. Best of luck. That, ladies and gentlemen, brings us to the end of our questions today. Thanks so much for listening to the first ever episode, and thanks especially for After the Hype for allowing me to join your network. If you liked what you hear, please rate and review it on iTunes, 
And don't forget to listen to the other ATH Network podcasts. On Monday, you can hear Venture Bros, all about the series Venture Brothers. And on Thursdays, you can listen to After the Hype, the OG. Um, I sometimes guest star, but if for some reason you really hated my voice and made it all the way to the end, I also don't do all the episodes, so you should still check that one out. And if your ears are feeling fulfilled, but you want something for your eyeballs, visit athpod.com for more content, including blog posts by yours truly, along with a number of other incredibly talented and interesting folks um, about any and all movies and pop culture that we love. You can also follow me on Instagram at SammyJane613 or follow my awesome dog Lottie, whose life is far more interesting than mine, at Saint underscore Lottie. That's spelled L-A-D-D-I. And if you have a question, this is the important part. If you have a question, you can reach out at sam.wise.ath at gmail.com. That's S-A-M dot W-I-S-E dot A-T-H at gmail.com. We also have a Google Voice line where you can leave a voicemail for me at 608-561-2755. Or you can reach out through the ATH social channels or in the comments um, on the website and just let me know. I will answer any and all questions, I promise. And if you want to do like Pikachu did at the beginning of the episode and record something on your phone and send it, that's fine. If you want to do text, that's fine. I'm so excited to hear from you and I'm so excited to use these movies to answer your questions. Thanks so much. Bye! Bye!